With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is this a metal thing? Yes. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Hello. Uh, your panel of expert hosts each week are me, Dr. Bryce Hansen. I hold a PhD in spookology. Across from me sits. I'm Mr. David Doy, the foremost expert in scare meow meows. We always cover new theatrical releases, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. Much anticipated new release this episode. We're going to be reviewing. Nope. Nope. No. Yeah. Um. So before we get into it, just want to plug our website, horrormovietalk.com. Uh, go there to find links to all of our things and support the show. Um, we post every Wednesday. So please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you're an Apple user. If you want to leave us a voicemail, uh, you can call us and leave that at 682-253-4468. We start out every show giving a brief synopsis and review for the film. And then we'll give a score from 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. So if you haven't seen Nope yet, you can bounce. You can nope on out. You can nope on out from the episode and come back after you've seen it. So it doesn't get spoiled. Ah, oh, man. I'm so excited to talk about an interesting movie. <laughs> I'm. What are you talking about? The last episode was Kiss of the Vampire. I'm a, that was a very exciting movie. But we talked about that months ago. It wasn't. We didn't get to talk about that last week. What did we do last week? We didn't do anything last week. No, we recorded one last week. Oh, did we? No. We didn't record anything last week? I don't week? think so, no. But this week, we record Nope. And it has one of my low-key favorite actors uh, in it. Guess which one? 
Yes. Daniel Kaluuya? No, Keith David. Oh, Keith David, yeah. Ugh, maybe the most handsome black man on the face of the earth, Childs from uh, from The Thing. Uh, he was also in They Live. He was also in, uh, in like, Delta Farce. He was in, like, he's been in everything. More handsome than Denzel? Oh, my God. Don't, yo, don't you think so? No. What? No, Denzel is, like... The no, it's like the agreed upon most handsome black actor. No, it's Keith David. I'm. I will. Well, we know your type. Yeah. Rugged and handsome. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, what if he if he called you Maid Marian and invited <laughs> you to a sex party? Would you do it? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta have yes on your lips. <laughs> That won't be the only thing. Uh, <laughs> so uh, later on, after we review the movie and get into spoilers, we, we got a couple bits. We've got uh, another round of horror, horrorable, or horror, or horror, or horrible. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was almost just going to like do horrible or hilarious and just completely steal the bit. Well, because oh, that's just going to ruin my day. Kind of what it is. Um. And then we'll check our voicemail at uh, uh, during a bit called Horror Movie Whores, because that's what you all are to us. Just a bunch of whores. <laughs> um, I like <laughs> that I'm becoming more and more of a villain. Becoming. In, in yeah. the podcast. No, becoming. Becoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, just more greedy. I'm like, just give me your fucking yeah, I know. The more been. money that the podcast makes, which is very little, all, all, all <laughs> things considered, very insignificant <laughs> in terms. Yeah, we were just talking about like, oh no, we we did our taxes, and like, yeah, first time it's actually making an impact, and it's minimal. But the fact that we've never taken anything out for ourselves ever, yeah, like we've we got some income coming in. And it's all just turned around and put right back into the podcast. Yep. So anytime you guys... And you know what? By the way, um, I'm going to thank some patrons here shortly once I get that pulled up. Just because we've had a big influx of patrons and all that just goes to make the show better. And so we appreciate you. But um, in the meantime, while I'm pulling that up, I mean, you just take, yeah. take the reins. Go ahead. Um, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of crazy thing. We've never even paid ourselves back for the initial investment, which we... We could do like easily every month, probably at this point. Oh yeah. Um, so, anyways, give us your money. God damn it! Big thanks to Joe P, Leah R, Logan W, uh, Ed B, Hazel, Spencer B, Alex D, Galloping Gigolo, Matt, Charles C, and Ma S. Thank you so much to those new patrons. Um, in all honesty, we we love all of our listeners and are glad that you guys listen to us and Very don't true. take you for granted no. at all. And uh, if you ever want to reach out, we'll, you know, yeah, hit us. I'll up. be there. Hit us up on social media for sure, and we will we'll have a conversation about seasons one through nine of the simpsons yep all right so we went and saw nope and it's a yes for me okay here's the trailer
Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pictures could move, we had skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. can be found in theaters right now. Uh, after a freak accident involving falling objects from the sky kills their father, OJ, played by Daniel Kaluuya, and Emerald Haywood, played by Kiki Palmer, are left to manage the struggling family ranch of trained horses. As horses start disappearing, a strange object in the sky seems to be the culprit. OJ and Emerald decide to capitalize on the opportunity by filming the UFO. This is Jordan Peele's third horror movie that he's written and directed, and he's already established himself as one of the most interesting voices in the genre. I know that I was looking forward to seeing this one uh, ever since I saw the trailer. He's He's got some of the best trailers in the biz. Holy shit. Dude fucking gets a trailer, man. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it is the, it's the mark of, I mean. Any- Not only is it like it sells the excitement for it. But it also, everything pretty much is, like, representative of what you're going to get from the film. I don't want to be, like, I don't want to be, like, one of these uh, horror gatekeeper-y kind of people or or, Uh uh, uh anything like that. But I do do take a lot of pride in the fact that I feel like horror movie um, directors, writers are people who are looking at the medium in a more intense way and un- understand the, the, the ins and outs of every aspect. Like, I mean, Jordan Peele understands every aspect of work of what works about movies. And that mm-hmm. includes ha- making a compelling trailer that doesn't give everything away. Like, and I mean, the guy he pays the most homage to 
is uh, John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, so, and again, Carpenter is one of these guys who just knocks it out of the park with knowing the, you know, the, how to make the bones of a movie good. So, well, I mean, yeah, sure. Everybody, well, I mean, John know. Carpenter's track record is pretty shaky throughout his career, but he's got enough, like, just great. Like ten enough, out of ten movies. Enough, that, like, he like can't, he's, yeah, he's genre a, defining movie. Right. Is it how many genre defining movies do you have to make before you're considered a great? You right. know, it's like yeah. Well, he's got like three of them. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So, what's the most interesting thing about this film is that it takes the popular concept of a UFO as a mysterious and clinically detached object and makes it personal and menacing. It's a very eclectic movie with a lot of seemingly disparate storylines and characters and ties them in the end. So, and in the end ties them together nicely. It's got killer chimps, the Hollywood film industry, family tragedy, sibling rivalry, and more all contributing to the story uh, of what this UFO is and why it's there. It's just, you know, it's, it seems like, Oh, I'm going to make a movie about a UFO. Like, if you were to fill in, fill in the the blanks, like you're not going to get this movie. Like I I think of right. the UFO movies that exist, and they fall into either disaster movie or alien invasion. All my favorite ones are like this. This is this is like all my favorite ones, which is like, um. Close Encounters, it's like uh, The Fourth Kind, um, it's like The Endless, uh, it's this It's this unthought of extra dimension to the whole thing that yeah. adds this, what, like, whoa, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait a minute. Like, uh, and what's that one? Oh, Fire in the Sky. Yeah. Yeah, these yeah. ones that, that add this element of... <gasps> Oh no! Oh no! I never thought it could be like that. You know, like right, right. Yeah, I think like here's the difference for me. Um, all of these, all these examples, like the if it's going for horror, the UFO is used as a neutral object, and the horror comes from what it contains. Right. Like, is it going to spew out evil aliens? Is it going to spew out an evil laser that blows up the White House? You know, is it going to, you know, open a portal or like, is it whatever? Like all these other other things, by the way, like fire in the sky is is my uh, ultimate alien abduction movie. Sure. Yeah. Uh, The endless is I mean, I'm so excited for when we get to the endless because it's it's very much like, nope, I feel like. Jordan Peele took some hmm. some cues from interesting, um, but yeah, it takes takes that and makes the UFO the source of menace. All right, like it makes the UFO itself as the danger, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. Which is like UAP. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's got a flying saucer, and you're like, oh shit, not the flying saucer. <laughs> like, I don't think that it has existed. That feeling has existed since the fifties. Well, people were like, oh, yes, no. since um, 
what is, what's the uh, the one that freaked everyone out from what's his face? War of the Worlds. Yeah, War of the Worlds. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So. <clears throat> at the center of the film is the relationship between OJ and Emerald. It's a mix of button pushing comfort, frustration and love that comes from being siblings. OJ is a stoic introvert driven by duty and Emerald is an ambitious extrovert looking to make a mark in the world. Uh, their contrast and the resulting relationship really grounds the film by giving it heart. This film melds Peel's weird and unique sensibilities that you can see in, in us with the Spielbergian spectacle. There is genuine off-putting menace throughout, but especially in the third act, there are some undeniably fun and exciting sequences. Um, my only gripe with the film is that the runtime is a little long and seems to meander a bit in the middle. Uh, some of the story elements, like uh, Stephen Yuen's character and the monkey attack are nice for color but don't seem to have a really satisfying payoff in the ending i was i was hoping that some stuff would be like tied up kind of tidy and be like and i was very this is all resolved i was well it felt very resolved it felt like to me it felt like it was there to to give you that to to be like you don't you don't fuck with nature like this is like you know it was it was a it was right um no it's there for it's there for a purpose like but in terms of like storytelling it it kind of it feels like there was a loose end there it's it's it, hard it, hard to put my finger on but it, it feels like that though wasn't very like it was obvious what the tie in is but it wasn't as satisfying as i feel it could be i almost wonder if they might have cut something I, I like, it's interesting. So you mentioned the Spielbergian. I felt like this was an homage to so many different things. Like, I, 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 like, I feel like Keith David being thrown in there was a clear hearkening to like a nod at, um, not just Keith David, but also John Carpenter because, because he's been in like all the big John Carpenter, they live and the thing. Yeah. And then, but this movie felt like Jaws to me. Right. It felt yes. like fucking very, Jaws. Very much Jaws, And yes. as a result, also Tremors. Like, this yeah. movie felt tight. It felt really good. And mm-hmm. uh, and it had all the same elements to make a, to make it a Tremors or a Jaws. Like, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's it's right in there with Jaws and and Tremors. I. I would I probably disagree on how tight it was. And I think the reason why it's not as tight for me um is just cuz I got a a smaller dick. No. Uh because it's it's because I think it's a little more ambitious. Like it throws in more in there like Tremors and Jaws are like there's so only, much like only like focused tremors. on one thing. Like Jaws and Tremors were like laser focused on yeah, you don't these like are the, the side stories. Yeah, these are the monsters. Here's the setup. Here's the payoff. Um, the side stories and like the color was great. I, I'm not saying I don't like it, but it's not as you didn't focused. Like the, it's it's the, the problem it, with the problem that you're describing. I imagine can be summed up as the flashback sequences feel extraneous when compared to how tight something like Tremors is. Right. Right. The yeah. flashbacks are. A bridge too far. It feels like, 
well, why are you taking me on this sideshow? And the sideshow is a little bit of like, is the sideshow to me in this, in Nope, feels like it's dialing into the core of what you're afraid of as a child. You know, it's like, okay, like, how'd you get fucked up? You know, like, and, and what lessons did you or did you not learn? And is that going to come full circle in your life? And for Steven Yoon, yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm not knocking it that much, but, like, that's where I, I think it kind of falls short of being perfect for me. Not not that far, though. Okay. Like, it's it's a, a really fun movie. Um, overall, it's, it's a genuinely good time and well worth the trip to the theater. Like, here, here's the thing. It made me smile. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it was a good time yeah. in this movie. And, yeah. like, that that's enough for me. That's huge. You know, that's, that's like, that's a challenge to have, like, a jaded 40-year-old asshole that's like, yay! Hooray! <laughs> here you are, though, sitting here wearing a Jaws shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I give it a nine out of ten, just just barely under a ten for me. I completely agree with your score, but for a totally different reason. Um, it was delightful. It was fun. It felt great. It felt really tight, and he knew how, there were some very scary parts, very scary moments in this, along with. One or two of the best jump scares I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and it, I, th- I believe it's PG 13. Does that sound right? Um, um, let me, uh, let me back up because I think I'm on, they live now. Um, I think it is PG. No, it's R. Okay. This is my problem with this movie is, <laughs> is there, it, it didn't go fire in the sky with it. It did not go there. It went there for a split second. Uh-huh. And you were like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is so dreadful and terrifying. What is this? I need it fleshed out a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. And instead, what he does with it is kind of throws, it to me, it's a little bit of a hands being thrown up in the air kind of thing. Mm. It's like, oh, it's... uh. Well, the payout in this is just not is is just not um, satisfying to me, like something that would have been horrifically dreadful, like the split second in this movie where you go, oh, oh no. no, oh no, oh no. Now, the payout is very. It works very well for me in another direction, which is delight. Right. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I really wish he'd have gone harder into the real dark territory because it was, it could have been so, I kind of like that he didn't go super nihilistic and and horrendous with it. But at the other end, I'm just left going, I want to know so much more. Can you please just show me a little bit less about the characters and a little bit more Mm. about the dread? Like, because if we're going R with it, then... You know, go hard R. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have taken much more. I mean, there's pretty intense scenes in it. 
Yeah. Um, I just wish it had been more of that, you know, because yeah. I know he's capable of it. I just, I'm waiting for that movie where he goes, let's have five minutes of Rob Zombie thrown into this. Uh, Rob Zombie's The Munsters coming to Netflix this summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're very, uh, not you're not looking forward to that at all. Oh, it looks so bad. That trailer was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. It looks so bad. Like, I was already, like, completely ambivalent. I'm like, what? It's like when the Lone Ranger came out. Yeah. I'm like, what? Who cares about Who this? is asking yeah. for this? Like, were there fans of... Are there fans of the Munsters still sitting around? Like, I miss the Munsters. <laughs> like, what? When, when was that? Like, the early 60s? Yeah, Rob Zombie is the weirdest hipster in the entire world. <laughs> So it's like, remember the monsters and, and everyone's like, no, 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 no. And there's people in our in our Facebook group. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I love the monsters. I hope they do it justice. I'm like, justice. I watched the monsters a lot as a kid and reruns at Nick at night. Really? Know? Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that I don't care about them. Right. Very much. It's know? like a sitcom that's goofy and like didn't seem that great to me at the time so i mean i i think uh it was already set low and i was like and then rob zombie is like okay not super confident in his ability to make this interesting and then the trailer came out and it literally looks like a straight to dvd 90s like shitty movie hey it's bad real bad you mean like an olsen twins movie <laughs> That's giving it too much credit. <laughs> People watch those Olsen twin movies. Oh, hey. I'm talking about like Airbud 6 level, you know. <laughs> wow. Uh anyways, um Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we get to the spoilers, just want to take a second and talk about our sponsor, NightChannels.com. NightChannels.com is your destination for horror, 
occult, metal, um, and more apparel. It's got some great designs. I know I've got several. I wear my um, The Witch shirt. It's got uh, Black Phillip on there. Um, talking Heads. Talking Heads. What was the other one I bought? I got, I got a Mayhem shirt from there. Yeah, there's there's some great stuff. They got a they got an alien shirt. They got I mean they got uh, Sallow. Uh, they got all kinds of crazy mixed up fucking weird shit over there, and you should check it out because you like to have that stuff on your body. Show people how how fucking you don't fuck around with Rob Zombie regular stuff. <laughs> you fuck around with that real fucked up stuff, that David Lynchian stuff. Yeah, and their designs are always expanding. They've always got new stuff. So even if you shop there before, go again and you'll find new stuff. All we ask you to do is take the Night Channels Challenge. Just go to nightchannels.com and start browsing. Like, we don't have to sell you on this. You'll sell yourself. You'll find a design that you're not going to find anywhere else that you're like, this speaks to me and I need to have it. Prices are very reasonable. Uh, but what makes it even more reasonable is if you use code HMT at checkout, you get 13% off your entire order. So go to nightchannels.com, take the Night Channels Challenge, and uh, save some moolah. Uh, we already mentioned our patrons on patreon.com. want to thank them again. Uh, if you want to support the show directly, it doesn't take much to make a big impact. Um, we give this show out for free but we got a ton of bonus content at all different tier levels uh probably the most significant one starts at the five dollar uh a month pledge which is access to all our afterpods, which is a separate podcast that is just us leaving the mics running after each episode and, and shooting the shit and talking about ourselves and what goes on it gets pretty uh philosophical it gets very personal at times tears too personal yeah, tears, uh, laughs, come. Um, that's all available on Patreon.com. So go to Patreon.com slash Horror Movie Talk. I'd just like to pony onto this really quick and say, um, coming soon, uh, you know, Bryce, we've we've hit our 125 uh, patron goal yeah. and, then, and then breezed past it. And so soon on Patreon exclusively, uh, we will be releasing our commentary track to go with our viewing of Human Centipede 2, Yay. which is certifiably uh, one of the most fucked up uh, general release movies that's ever been um, ever been shot. So, uh, you know, head on over to our Patreon and check out all that content and soon to be a commentary track for Human Centipede 2. Um, also, another way to support us is we've got a shop with our T-shirts and stickers on it. Go to horrormovietalk.com slash shop and find that there. We've also got the shop on our Facebook page and group now, so you can browse on Facebook um, if you want to see what we have. Um, all the designs are done by our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. You can find him on Instagram at dgoebel00. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. Um, reach out to him and make your artistic dreams come true. If you want to leave us a voicemail, our number again is 682-253-4468. Thanks again. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get into spoilers now. Let's do it. Let's see what it is. Spoilers! That was beautiful. You know, that reminds me, I've been getting into, I've been enjoying the catalog of Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah? Recently. Fucking dude, what a talent. Just crushingly beautiful voice. Yeah. And so many bangers. Like, and then you go, I, well, I go because I, you know, I'm just not with it in terms of like staying uh, current on pop culture. Um, I'm like, what the fuck happened to Mariah Carey? Like, Uh she seemed like the most stable and productive like hard diva of our time for sure right right right. and uh she she married nick cannon and just kind of like something happened so it's like she just kind of like faded away kind of and they had a little resurgence and then yeah it was weird like she's it's been a little while um i you see around every once in a while she was on like some new year's thing a couple years ago um I mean, I'm sure she's still performing, but yeah, for me with Mariah Carey, uh, before we get into Nope, let's talk about Mariah Carey. Um, <laughs> for me, she's like the perfect example of of a virtuosic singer that needs someone to give her her repertoire. Like, because once she starts picking songs herself, they're just not good. <laughs> you know? No. It's I, like, what, t- tell me what you mean. Like, I think her story was, I think like she had... Um, I don't know if it was Clive Davis or, or someone that was basically saying, you have to sing these songs, sing these songs. These oh. are the songs that you need to sing. Right. And her catalog is so ultra massive. Yeah. That- and so all those songs that you know her for are like when she was basically a puppet of the studio system. Mm-hmm. Um, And then she gains enough power to go off on her own and. And uh, like, I'm going to do she these types of songs now. And it's like, oh, and it's a little bit of like the trajectory of, of like pop music in general, where it's like, fuck melody. We're going to have one chord and uh, have them basically rap sing mm-hmm. over an entire song. Mm-hmm. And that's what music is now. It's the same thing for me with like Beyonce. It's like, yeah, all those songs that I thought were actually good were like when she was with Destiny's Child controlled and then goes off on her own it's like yeah these songs none of these songs stick with me because they don't have well if you like you better put a ring on it yeah that's the one i guess but that's notable because of like uh yeah i don't know it's it's good that one's good but i everyone like talks about beyonce as like the queen of all music and i can't tell you anything since that song that she's done that's significant to me yeah but maybe I'm, i don't know i'm also an old man and what do i know but yeah like that's mariah carey is one of those where it's like oh yeah you kind of need 
to be a pawn in the system to really take advantage of the virtuosity of a voice like that. You need a Rick Rubin to yeah. tell you what's good. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Because your unfettered talent can take you basically to the a very specific moon. <laughs> right. Right. Um. Oh. Oh. Calm down. I was about to sneeze. So the movie starts out with this uh, sitcom setup, and you just kind of see this glimpse of a bloody soundstage with a bloody chimp sitting next to a couch. And you're like, what the fuck? Very intriguing. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, shit, is that, is that chimp? Is he a, is he a alien? Right. But instantly Joe Rogan is on board with this movie. I, I'm I'm still so interested in that shoe. I know, right? What is going on? Is it does it symbolize the the possibility for the freakish like the one-off situation where a coin lands on its side? And it stays there, you know, uh-huh. is it, does it symbolize the UFO that this is just a fucking freak thing that just happened? Like, what uh-huh. is this? There's a shoe on this soundstage that has been that total chaos. Chaos has prevailed for six minutes and 13 seconds on this soundstage where mm-hmm. this chimp just murdered the set. Uh-huh. But there's a single shoe standing on its on the back of its heel. Uh-huh. Vertical. Vertically. And it stands for something. It's something. It's like it's like the fucking monolith in right. 2001. Yeah. Almost like a dead ass, like, hearkening back to that scene because there's a fucking chimp there. Yeah. It's, uh, that is one of the loose ends where I was like, is, is this, like, is this alluding to some kind of supernatural force or something related to... The UFO, like just the fact that the shoe is standing up and it might be just what you're talking about, which I mean, we're not really left with an explanation other than, well, that happened. Um, I feel like I have to view it a few more times and maybe we'll get something. Yeah. Like maybe we'll get there. Um, But I think the main takeaway from it, like you said, is like you don't fuck with nature or you just like animals are animals and they're going to behave like animals, no matter how much you think they're trained. You can control them to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like Sigmund and Roy. <laughs> Siegfried. Siegfried and Roy. How dare you? I don't know. Is he dead now? Uh, <laughs> Is no. Is he the one who was mauled to death? No, they're just mangled. Both of them are alive? Yeah. I think one of them's dead. I thought I thought they're both still alive. I don't think let's, so. Let's look it up. Um. You know, and I'm assuming Roy was the one that got mangled because uh, if it was Siegfried, they'd just say Siegfried and everyone would understand, but they have to say from Siegfried and Roy. Ah, gotcha. Um, Yeah, so it starts out with that. It's kind of a non sequitur, and then it goes to... They're both dead. (laughs) Oh, they're both dead? Yeah, but I think they died uh, not by Tiger. Um, <laughs> Roy died in 2020, and uh, Siegfried died in 2021. Oh. Yeah. Of a broken heart. Of a broken heart. 
and of massive lacerations. <laughs> um, so it, it cuts to the the Haywood Ranch, um, and we see Keith David, um, you know, riding or training this horse, and all of a sudden you hear kind of this weird hailstorm, and Keith David is slumped over on the horse. And uh, he's basically killed by whatever fell from the sky. Ended up being a coin. Ended up being a nickel. Yeah. And uh, when uh, OJ goes back to the horse, he sees like a key, like a house key embedded in the horse that he was riding. Yeah. So all of a sudden there's this giant rainstorm of metal objects. So much mystery right off the bat. You're like, what the fuck? This is the fucking perfect way. Yeah. To start a movie is you're just so intrigued. You're you're like, why was the shoe standing up? What did that monkey do? How did the right. monkey? It's an ape. Let's get it right. Chimp, David. It's an ape. It's a chimpanzee. Yeah, but it's, these are, those are apes. And I then, hate every ape I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. No, you'll never make a monkey out of me. Oh my God, I was wrong. It was Earth all along. You finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally made a monkey out of me. I love you, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> That is like uh, 30 seconds of a podcast about nope. <laughs> yes. Well, I love we're see, we've been encouraged. There was a, someone that reached out on Instagram that was like, I also love the Simpsons seasons one through nine. And so now it's top of mind. Like, yeah, yes, no, we will do Simpsons references ad nauseum. <laughs> yeah. Watch what you watch out what you ask for, because you'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Doctor Zayas. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to Edby. Um, so yeah, so the, a lot of mystery. Um, and then we're we're taken to like a movie set with OJ. Uh, just a really unfortunate name. Like at that point, like would you really still go by OJ? Wouldn't you just be like, I'm Otis Junior. You wouldn't, but this guy totally would. This this character. Uh, uh-huh. This OJ, yeah, he's a, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, you know, he's he'd just be, and that's what I like about this movie. It's what works so well about this movie is they're all such strong characters. Yes, it's what makes it Jaws. It's what makes it Tremors. It's what he was going for. It's like, no, these are people. They're people, and, right? And that's what's great about it. Yeah, especially OJ and, and Emerald. They're very very strong characters. And, yeah, uh, Kiki Palmer just plays Kiki Palmer in this. Yeah, she's like you said. You watch interviews with her, like, oh, oh, this is just just her. This is basically her. Yeah. Um. So they're they're on a set, and you kind of see them in work, and and uh, OJ is not equipped to be the face of the operation, right? Because he's very timid, timid, soft spoken. Yeah. And, you know, he knows the horses. He knows how to to train, and he knows, like, what the horses are going to do. But he's not 
assertive. He's not assertive with the people. He can yeah. handle the horses, but the people, daunting. Yeah, he's intimidated around like all these surface level, like vain, very strong people. personalities. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like trying to give the spiel, and no one's listening to him. And like, yeah, because he's on a movie set, and he's trying to give this safety talk for how to be around a horse, and everyone's just carte blanche ignoring him. And it's a great display of like, yeah, these people have no respect for this because it's like, it's just setting. It's just like window dressing the horse and the people that manage them are like unimportant. Right. They're not the stars. The the horse is the star and the horse is just, yeah, it's accoutrement. Yeah. It's like turn around the horse. It's a horse. Just do the thing. Yeah. And he's like thinking of like, oh, it's getting tired. We need a little bit of a break. Like, no, just turn them around. We'll be, we'll get going. Yeah. And uh, trying to get people to not stand behind the horse, which is like, I feel like even if you're like a run of the run of the mill moron, you're going to know, don't stand behind a horse. Don't. There were so many, like, like horses are one of the scariest things to me. I like I like I don't it's not like when I walk up to a horse I'm like ah but I have tr- what it is is I have total respect for the amount of insane power and chaos that a horse can produce because I've seen it firsthand a lot you know like I my mom was a horse person like oh, yeah. growing up like as a kid she you know she had a horse and uh-huh. yada yada so she wanted me to be a horse person too so when I was like 5 I got horse riding lessons and the I like there's this fucking perfect like this is a whole fucking story we can go into on the afterpod. I, I can't wait. I rode a horse that got struck by lightning two days prior at five years old. And the thing fucking went into a frenzy because of a hose. And and I'm just little tiny David just on the back of this thing that's flying around. And I'm like, ah, ah I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then, you know, I. It's 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 a lot. Like horses are powerful in every way. This was one of those things that came as a shock to me, and I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. But we were talking on the phone once, and I can't remember the circumstance. But you revealed your intense fear of horses, of like this latent fear of like I don't like anything about them. A horse can fuck you right up. <laughs> like it is danger. Yeah, they personified. You could be around a horse and then just be dead. <laughs> man i can't re- i wish i could remember the circumstances of the talk um maybe we we're talking about horse girls or something do you remember i remember yes yeah, vaguely but i don't remember what 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 it was i mean dude i was so amused by it because it's as for me i i imagine this is what it it feels like for you when i talk about sinkholes you're like what yeah. That's not even yeah. a thing. Yeah, kind of. It's a f- very specific fear, but right. I, I mean for me it's 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 I don't know. Like I don't like anything about them either. Like <laughs> their teeth are terrifying. <laughs> they have people teeth. They have uh-huh. a big head full of people teeth. <laughs> and they use them a lot like to bite things uh-huh. like uh-huh. I don't like that. They can they could just bite your hand, bite your finger off, no problem. But those back legs 
If you walk behind a horse wrong, your life could just be done. <laughs> right. Because all it takes is a half inch of that hoof to clip you in the head and you're dead. Right. <laughs> you're just yeah, fucking yeah. totally dead. Yeah. So. Or. Tell, tell me about their eyes. Oh, they got them dark eyes. Those. Those black eyes. Doll's eyes. <laughs> Lifeless eyes, like dolls eyes. Something, something. I think it's the danger. That's what attracts girls to them. They're like, "This can kill me." <laughs> oh, that's what it was. We were talking about why girls are attracted to horses, and you talked, and like there was any number of things that I could have gone, but I could not have predicted yours was the danger. Oh yeah, I'm like what? What? I'm like oh yeah, it's a dangerous animal. I'm like I, that's not. It's the only Where reason I would have gone at all. It's it's why women like men. Is there any other reason to like men? It's I, like no, this thing can protect me because it's yeah, I, it's I, big I, and strong and unwieldy and can protect me from other big, strong, we unwieldy right, things. Right, right. I would go just giant muscle mass and then just horse cock. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but uh, OJ and his sister. Well, OJ is is horse people. And he gets horses. Yeah. It's, and Kiki Palmer is his boisterous sister who runs the show for him. Yeah. She comes on set. She's late. She's supposed to be kind of the voice and, and face of the operation. She, she appears and all of a sudden you see like, oh, she's all the things that OJ is not. She's, right. she's good at all the things that OJ isn't, which is salesmanship, um, showmanship and, uh, personal uh marketing basically yeah. and personality personality yeah. and like but it's also obvious that she's not really there to run the business she's really there to promote herself right uh first and foremost because she's like doing plugs for like oh, i can sing and act and i'm a seamstress I'm seamstress yeah so it's like okay and uh they get promptly fired after <laughs> the horse gets spooked and uh, I love this. There's scene. kind of there's kind of blame all around between the two of them because it, it all. It's interesting how they how they do it because it's like okay, it's their job to not have that happen, but you're also on their side yeah. because, um, number one, OJ is like trying to get the people on the set to stop doing the things that are gonna fuck up the horse and they're not listening to him because he can't assert himself strongly enough, right? And he's trying to call out to Emerald. And get her to come over and, you know, take care of the situation. And she's off, you know, promoting herself and talking to someone at craft services. Yeah. And so it just ends in, you know, danger. The horse almost kicks a lady. This scene, I was very, I, I had full respect for OJ. I was like, y'all, I, I was so irritated by all these people who were just, igno like, treating him and the horse like like livestock. You know, like right. something not to be respected when in reality, like, and I'm sure this is a thing on, on uh, commercial and TV sets all the time where it's a bunch of people who don't have the proper respect for the actual thing in the room that they should be respecting right now. You know, like just, to, just being like, oh, the horse is just an actor. It's like, no, the horse is a fucking horse first off. And then way down the line, it's here to like down the, in, in its mind, like you're not. I don't know. This this yeah. whole scene was was very effective for me. I was like, "Yeah, these fucking people. They don't get it. They don't respect the horse. You got to respect the horse." <laughs> yeah. Um, 
another Simpsons reference I was trying to work in. It's like, oh yeah, horses don't look like horses on camera. <laughs> or cows don't look like cows on camera. What is a cow when you see it on uh, on the uh, on TV? No, usually was, a bunch of cats. Usually a bunch of cats taped together because <laughs> they're painting horses to look like cows. I'm like, why are you painting these horses? Oh, cows don't look like cows on film. It's like, what do you do if you need a horse? I'll tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> um. So yeah, no. OJ can't get no respect at all. They're kicked off, um, and that kind of establishes the relationship between OJ and Emerald. Um, they're, you know, Emerald is flighty, and she's not invested in the family business, and OJ is. Um, there's a legacy behind it. You know, it talks about that in the in the trailer, how they're, like, the very first kind of horse trainers in the industry, their family. And they have this ranch, but it's struggling, and they keep having to sell off horses because... I don't know if you've noticed, but horses are not a huge part of the film industry as much anymore. Like, if you look at, like, what it would have been like in the 60s, Ugh. unending supply or, or, or like, a demand for trained horses. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that changed. There's not a lot of Westerns in the... 2000s and 2010s or 20s and the situations under which you would need a horse probably about 50 percent of the time can be accomplished with cgi now right you know so even less demand <laughs> i love it when they when they leave the set you see like them carting in like a kind of like a green screen framework horse oh no <laughs> like i will just get special effects to fill it in wow yeah um so then we're shown like the first like kind of ser- sequence of OJ seeing the UFO. <sighs> Man, this is so effective. Yeah. Everything around this UFO is just like magic. Yeah, cuz the the power goes Oh yeah, that's that's what accompanied um Keith David being killed was that there was a power outage. All of a sudden like Everything turned off, and then stuff fell from the sky. And this so- is one of these brilliant parts of the film, which is there is an audio and visual cue right. that that is reliable that you can that that signifies it's it is dun 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 dun. It is that. Um, it tells you that the shark is near. Yeah. Um. So the power starts going out, um, and there's a horse running away, getting spooked. I think it's actually the same horse that Keith David was riding on. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Ghost. OJ is trying to go after it, and then all of a sudden, like, this tornado sucks it into the air. Turnotter. Tornado. Turnotter. And uh, our accents are flawless. Yeah. And, and then OJ just sees, like, kind of a vague... UFO shape kind of flying through the clouds like but more than that the screams of this horse right are echoing through the gulch right it's like and you're like what the shit <laughs> is this and this becomes a theme too like that whatever this thing is is torturing 
whatever it pulls up into it. Yeah, it's it feels kind of reminiscent of uh, Annihilation, that movie. Oh yeah, with yeah, the the bear, the bear scene. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the first showing of it, and again, this is like where it mirrors Jaws, where it does not show anything. Mm-mm. Like it's it's a presence. And it's mysterious and kind of scary. Like, you don't know what to make of it. Right. The second time it shows up, like, it's very obvious. Oh, this is a fucking flying saucer. Yeah. And what was the most impressive thing to me was when it starts chasing Daniel Kaluuya and, like, it shows, like, the bottom of it opening and, like, coming towards the camera. That is one of the most menacing and visceral uh, scenes that I've seen in a long time. Like it's very vaginal. The dread, <laughs> just the dread <laughs> of the a dread of a gaping asshole coming towards you. <laughs> Did you experience that? That? Oh like- yeah. I mean, it was it was yeah. It was my worst nightmare. Is a vagina coming right at me? <laughs> it was really effective. Like it was. It was like. And there was some about like the speed, and I think it, prob, prob, part of it is it's coming straight at you. So it's like the depth perception. You know, a, no, it, the way it moved was alarming. The, the yeah, it was all just it was all just sudden and 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 whoa, is a lot to take in. You know, with with a shark, you have an innate feeling. Right. You're like, that's dangerous. I know what that is. It's in the water. I don't know what's down there. Like it's all these feelings all kind of wrapped into one. And with this, it's uh, that he he produces that same effect. Yeah. Somehow there's this. I'm just reminded now, like movement, you know, there's the stories of like the first um, like some of the first film was of this train approaching the station. And when people saw it the first time, they were terrified because it looked like the train was coming at them. Oh. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> and it's like, and I think this moment where the UFO is coming straight at the camera is like, that's exactly what that is. It's that feeling of like, oh, yeah, like just a visceral response to something growing larger in your vision is not a good thing yeah if it's a very large thing you know it's different if like it's coming from the side but coming directly at you is yeah disturbing yeah yeah yeah. um so they they figure out like and he tells emerald that you know he saw something and and she's immediately on board with like oh this is the answer to our problems because we're shown that they're struggling and because they got fired off that set, they had to sell more horses and who they sell it to is this theme park. That's close by just down the gulch from yeah. them. I didn't catch the, the name of the theme park. Did you? Um, no, I can't, I can't recall, but the theme park is run by uh, a character played by Steven Yuen. Um, and he's actually one of the child actors on that sitcom that were shown with the the chimpanzee running amok and he had his own little shrine to it in his office but they have to sell that park a bunch of horses um and there's a lot 
made of like OJ feels very responsible for this ranch and he wants to be able to buy him back and like he's committed to continuing on the the family tradition kind of thing but um they've had to resort to selling horses um same kind of story with like family ranchers or family farmers where it's like the story now for the past like probably 100 years is um this does not work financially and we have to sell off part of our livelihood to continue having a livelihood so either selling off your horses or selling off land and eventually you just it atrophies to a point where like this just doesn't make sense as an ongoing concern yeah um so that's what's going on there um so they're trying to in the back of your mind is like this is a failing business they're trying to save it they need to buy back those horses and they decide like the way to do it is if we get just a fantastic shot proof of extraterrestrial life um with like good cameras yeah like that could be the solution to all of our problems and they describe it as like we got to get the oprah shot yeah something so good that it's not just like gonna be on youtube it's got to be like you're gonna get on oprah right which was this set in current day (laughs) in present day because oprah it's not as much of a thing as it was no, as she it, was like but it it accomplishes the the point of the of the line which is like everybody knows what oprah is right you know everybody knows that you make it big if you get the oprah shot right whatever that means it yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't mean anything it just means you made it yeah cuz oprah is it um <clears throat> so that's the the idea and they go to fries to get camera equipment i this was such a weird callback. Like I was like, "Wow, is Fry's doing marketing through <laughs> through theatrical release movies?" And the answer is like, "Yeah, kind of a little bit." Like Fry's. Like when was the last time you heard heard about Fry's? You know, I know. I don't even know if they do. They still exist. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's at least a, a couple. I mean, not like they used to for sure, but. Yeah, there was one fries locally in what was it, Wilsonville? Yeah, it was way down there. Um but yeah, it was kind of a iconic store. Actually originally it was Incredible Universe. Do you remember that? Uh no. There is still a fries locally. Really? Um oh wait no. Uh yeah, yeah. No, I saw like a video of it and it was abandoned. That the fries that I'm thinking of. There's a bunch that say permanently closed and yeah. one that says temporarily closed, but this one just says closed, I think, because it's not the right time of day. But uh, anyway. Anyways, they go to Fry's, which is a stand-in for Big Box Electronics Store, right. and they have their version of the Geek Squad. Um, yeah, look, that's that's a success for Best Buy. Like Everything is just like, oh, it's the Geek Squad. Like yeah. that's that was a pretty good marketing tool. Yeah, for them. Um, so they get a guy, and there's this. Um, his name's Angel, at Fry's, and he comes to set up cameras and stuff. And he's like, kind of the the character is kind of set up as like the generic, nerdy, you know, IT schlub right guy, but uh, not cast to type, in my opinion. Like it. I would have expected like a much more schlubby uh kind of acne pocked guy, but maybe that's like maybe I'm just not Yeah. Maybe my eyes are dimmed okay, with boomer. prejudice. 
is um yeah no he's he's i like him in this he's he's like the one thing about this movie is it is well cast mm-hmm. um and he's not in much else like this is really his kind of first thing um ever really so uh in terms of uh he was in oh no that's not entirely true but um it's his first big thing for sure i think out of all the cast i think he was the one that was the weakest for me i was like "Mm." i feel like they could have got a a guy to sell that part a little better i liked him but it would have been a little more stereotypical if they had gone like the um who would have been the guy that i would have thought Oh, what's his name? The guy that that uh, voices Olaf in uh, Frozen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gad. Be- what's his name? Something Gad. He has a beautiful voice. Um, you know who you're... Josh Gad. That's who I'm thinking oh, of. okay. Well, you know who you're really thinking of is... Um, what is his... What is his name? From the Josh Gad. From Freaks and Geeks. Um <laughs> who was also in Party Down. A lot of people from Party Down were in Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, go on. So, Martin Starr. Oh, Martin Starr. Yeah, he would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Haverchuk in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. And, uh, and in, uh, yeah. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, yeah. Uh, what's his, what was his name? Guilfoyle. Guilfoyle. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd have been a good good get for that. Yeah. Um. So... The guy from Fry sits at the camera, and he's also instantly invested because he's kind of like a UFO guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "Oh, you're looking for UAPs? Why do they change it to UAPs? Because they want it. They want. They don't want you to be able to remember what it is." Yeah. Um. So they set up the cameras, and the first time that they try to, uh, to get the shot, it's covered by a praying mantis. Just like completely useless. I love this through. This is a such a weird through line. These are these are things you like. You don't mess with nature, and somehow nature is like uh-huh. messing with you. Messing with you. I love it. Yeah. Um, I think so. They don't get the shot. It calls then, into question whether or not, like, it kind of ties a like loosely links chimpanzees. Praying mantises, horses, and UFOs. Uh-huh. Like it's like, are all these things in cahoots against you? <laughs> yes, kind of. The answer is yes. Kind of. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's like. Well, I like the i the I like the idea that the UFO cuts off all the power and fucks with technology because it explains why you don't ever get a clear shot right. of the UFO. Right. You know. Yeah, because anytime you can actually get clear footage of it, you're miles and miles away. Right. But it's so far away that you can't, that you just can't focus on it. Right. Um, In there somewhere, I don't know if it's next, but there's like uh, OJs in the horse stalls. And I think, I don't even think like the UFO was chasing him yet, but he was like hearing something. And then there's these aliens. These alien heads poke out. Little grays showing up. Oh, and that was like, I was super effective. I was buckled in. I was, let's go. I was like, this is what I'm here for. Little, little gray men. Yeah. 
and this is where you assume this is going. It's basically sightings, you know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, there's there's aliens that are creeping around. They're gonna do, they're gonna do things to you, David. They're moving all weird, all yeah. fucking super weird, and like looking around corners so slowly. Yeah. That slow peek around the corner, I was like, oh no! <laughs> I was just, oh, I was so perfect. Like this was so perfect. There's so many times where the line in the movie is nope. Yeah. They're so effective. It's great. And like, it's, it's exactly like, I mean, even from the trailer, it's like, you get it. It's like, nope, I don't want to deal with this right now. Fuck this. I'm running away. Um, this is one of those circumstances where he sees the aliens like poking through and he's like filming it. He's like, I can't, nope, I can't do this. (laughs) And then it's revealed almost immediately that it's, just kids in, in costumes. Yeah. Fucking with them. From and the, it's it's never really explained. Like, well, I mean, it's not explained till later. Like, why would they have alien costumes and come to his stall? Yeah, something having to do with the with the theme park up the road. Right. But I wasn't sure exactly what. So that, this is interesting because we're only given the world be, of like OJ's eyes, really. Right. And like, they're all like holy shit, we're the only ones that know about this fucking UFO. Yeah. And they're like, we can capitalize on this. Like, we can serve this to our advantage. And then suddenly it's revealed, like, no, you're not the only ones that know. The Stephen Yuen's character knows, and he's much better at capitalizing on it than you are. Yeah. And he's going to fuck your shit up, because he's going to create an entire show out of it. And we're, we're shown him, like launching this new family show which is all around this ufo and like he's got like um you know like a bedazzled cowboy shirt with a ufo on the back of it and he's like oh he knows what's going on and he's going to make this like the destination to see ufos because you can basically set a watch to when this thing is going to come out yeah and that's where like the the kids in the alien costumes came from because they're a part of the show um, and that's where it's revealed that the aliens are not, or the, the UFO is not to be fucked with. Yeah. Because that's when it's revealed. Um, this alien is not abducting people or horses to do experiments on them. Like you would assume. Right. The The UFO is the alien. Right. And it's consuming everything it's sucking up. Yeah. And it sucks up this you know, semi-populated stadium of people, and you're shown (laughs) this moment. What happens? This moment is so... This is the... This is the hit piece of the whole movie. Like, this is... this Like, this is what I needed so much more of. I needed to... And now that I understand the the beast a little better, I, I kind of understand that... There's not a lot more to do with it, yeah, because of just the very nature of the thing. But it so it sucks up like fifty people, uh-huh. uh, into itself, and just the nature of this thing is it just it squeezes them all to death to eat them. Yeah, it just, like it shows the interior of it, and it just looks like it's like a balloon fetishist wet dream. You know what it really reminded me of was. The end of Akira, when yeah. Tetsuo turns into that blobby thing, and uh-huh. 
and and sucks in Canada. And, uh-huh. uh, and, and Canada's in there and like he sees his friend and his friend just, just explodes into blood uh-huh. and you're like, Oh no. Like that was the most claustrophobic feeling for me that I have ever had yeah. was watching Akira. And this was very similar to that. Yeah. It's like being trapped inside a bunch of giant latex latex half inflated balloons but being smothered by them and all these people and all the things on them like their necklaces their change like everything is just like it's just like it's being pushed together like uh-huh yeah it's all of a sudden it's like oh this is not only is it seem menacing but it's like yeah it is dangerous because it's going to eat you super vaginal uh i would not it's not vaginal, but get up anything, in them walls. If get anything, up in them walls, it squeeze you, squeeze the life out of you. I would, I would go into anus. Like this is a, that's a cornhole if I've ever seen one. Dangle Porky's butthole, man. Yeah, Dangle Porky's butthole. Uh, so we're we're showing that, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, this is this is not a UFO movie. This is a monster movie, and. From then on, it's I'm sold. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Um, and then um, they recruit the cinematographer from uh, the set that they were on the beginning of the movie, and this is kind of a side character. And, and this is something that the movie does pretty good. It, it fills out the side characters pretty well because they have a phone conversation with this guy. His name's Antlers Holst. Yeah, and uh, which is a great name. Which my name was Antlers. Um, but you see him on the phone and he's just looking at like, um, film of animals attacking each other. Yeah. So so he has like a, you can tell he's has a healthy respect for nature and cinematography. And eventually he gets signed on board and, and, um, he brings a bunch of camera equipment that don't require power. Like it's old timey hand crank stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they set up kind of a trap for the for the alien um, in various ways. And, and wait, but we're skipping past another super dreadful part. And I know, I know, um, but like when it sucks all these people up, mm-hmm. it then proceeds to assert its dominance uh-huh. over. OJ and Kiki's house uh-huh. by raining blood <laughs> by raining blood down upon their house. Yeah. yeah. Like in a like it creates its own first of all, this thing, like they realize this thing is hanging out in their gulch, in their valley, because yeah. there's a cloud that just doesn't fucking move. It just sits in one place. Right. And it's so eerie and weird. Mm-hmm. And so this thing can somehow create and control weather. Uh-huh. Uh and that's just a feature. Uh-huh. That's part of what it is. It's some sort of weather animal. Right. And and um and so it creates this fucking raining blood storm mm-hmm. uh with downpours, yeah, super localized over their house with just fucking blood. Yeah. And it is so heinous cuz it's just like, oh, those are all the because it's never explicit it's always just implied right oh that's all the people it just ate right being squoze out wrung out like it's 
whatever. Right. <sighs> and that's very uh, reminiscent of The Shining. Like, just those, just like, yeah, we're going to show a bunch of blood right now. Yeah. So that's blood scary. Um, OJ figures out that it's it's a animal, and he realizes that animals have rules. Animals have rules, and it's operating the same way that like any animal would be. It's being ter- territorial, and there are some things that it does not like. Right, <laughs> like mainly, um, it had eaten up a bunch of like uh vinyl flags. Yeah, yeah. That were attached to a, a, like a fake horse. They created a, yeah, they created some sort of And it could not digest decoy. or could not deal with these flags um, very well. And so they set up a trap involved. And also the other thing was like, you don't make eye contact with animals. Never. They don't like that. Right. Don't look at it. And so they set up this trap um, and set antlers on one of the ridges. And set up, like, those wacky inflatable waving arm men all around the field to know when the t- power turned off. Right. And and then Daniel is on the back of a horse, and he's got, like, the setup where he's got a hoodie that looks like it's staring at the sky. Yeah. And has, like, the thing that it doesn't like, which is a bunch of these vinyl flags kind of thing. Yeah. Um. As as a deterrent. So he's being like the trainer. He's like, no, I'm going to use the thing that it doesn't like to train it to not liking to eat me, basically. You right. Know, you, you use like the understanding of the animal to train it to behave. Right. And that's, it's all communicated really well. And that scene is the most exciting and fun scene that I've seen in a long time. That was pure... cinema yeah that was that was great shit and i applaud jordan peele for making such a fun time at the movie theater yeah i think that i think the i think the most praise that you can give peele in this is by being like is just by saying this felt like steven spielberg movie yeah like this felt like indiana jones for a moment it was exciting it was and it's one of those things where it's like oh that's why horses are exciting. Like, it's fun seeing someone galloping at full speed on camera. Yeah. It's just cool. Yeah, it is. And uh, so that was fun. It does not go according to plan. And nothing is really made of it. But, like, if your eyes are peeled, you understand what's going on, which is um, all the film that Antlers took is immediately ruined because it's... Like the alien sucks up their their little their hut, and then the film that they caught was just like open to the open to the sun being exposed, being exposed. So um, they're still trying to get their perfect shot, and and uh, they're chasing it down. And then the end of the film is basically this flying saucer transforms. Well, I like the way they I like the way they introduce. Because up until now, it's just a flying saucer. Right. You know, you're... They you're, kind of... It, it moves and, it, it like, the opening changes and, and sure, stuff kind of Sure, but it's all shifts. according to you. You're, you're still thinking, oh, this is 
made of metal or yeah, this something is, this like is that. a saucer like object yes this is so clear but what it ends up being is kind of it's like draws inspiration from like sand dollars you know it's kind of like oh this is an organic thing that is made of sheets kind of mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a balloon yeah uh, and it just controls wind like it's it's just a big bellows system that like right can move by virtue of its ability to push air. Right. And and it can form that shape using those bellows in different ways. So it ends up being kind of a sheet. Yeah, it's like a... But yeah, the way just, that it just... introduces these ripples, like you just get... Like every part of this movie is very intentional because it it gives you a little bit more all the time. And you're like, yeah. wait, did I see it ripple? Like was that? It looked like a bed sheet there for a minute. Yeah, I can't remember what what it eats. It eats something, and then just like kind of really deforms. Like all of a sudden, it's not this smooth object. It's like this really wrinkly, yeah, kind of like deflating thing. And then it converts into its final form. Eat or I eat, and it's it's hard to explain. But yeah, it looks like these giant sheet wings and this kind of like other dimensional animal that has kind of like this center eye that's like like, yeah it's like a starfish kind of like the like the thing that eats is also the thing that sees you know it's like each yeah like the 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 eyes of it are in the inside like just in the in, in the in the mouth yeah the design of it is just so cool it's and it's like yeah it's it's a cool like otherworldly thing that you haven't seen before that you're like, well, I don't know how this thing operates at all. Yeah. It's not a, you know, small gray man. It's like, well, yeah, you just look at that and you're like, yeah, it's it's like a, it's like us. I wish all these parts had been treated with more terror. Like it's, it ends up being pretty light towards the end. Um, and I wanted it to be a lot more oppressive and scary. Um, I think they, they kind of exhausted exhausted that because there wasn't much to eat anymore it ended up being basically just being oj and emerald at the end right i can't remember if it ate angel or not yeah i don't recall either definitely ate antlers yeah um but yeah and then in the end they they catch like the the photo that's great because they get it to eat the uh Bob's big boy or whatever. Yeah, the, like the, the, the giant inflatable Stephen Yoon. Yeah. Um which is at his uh at his um d- uh, what do you call it? The theme park. Theme park. They yeah, uh Kiki Palmer releases this gigantic balloon of Stephen yeah. Yoon up into the sky. Yeah. So and it inhales this balloon. And then it does what it does to eat. It squeezes it. <laughs> yeah. To until it pops. Mhm. But there's so much air pressure in this balloon that it ends up just popping it. Yeah, it's not really clear. I don't think we're ever shown it like descending. It just to the it earth. just explodes. It's just like Puh! it explodes. But I I feel like you see it kind of like flying off into the clouds the like, way a sheet would. Yeah, know? I don't see. The, I feel like it's left open. Like, did they kill it or not? I felt like they had certainly killed it. I felt like that was a crate like such a interesting crazy cool take of like oh that this is the jaws moment where he shoots it with the rifle you know yeah. he, he shoots the tank with and the rifle and it the explodes face. and 
And then in Jaws 3D, it comes back. The revenge. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it kind of leaves it open for a sequel. It could, it could come back. I don't think that's Peel's style, but I could be wrong. You never know. He seems to have transformed from a fun, goofy actor into a serious, brooding director. I think, I mean, there's goofiness to his movies, yeah. too. Though. That's that's what my favorite thing about it is that there's a, there's an underlying, like, really big vein of comedy throughout yeah. all of these things. Yeah. And it's like, it's very smart. It's very smart. And, uh, and it's subtle. I'm very glad he's, he's maturing in this way. Yeah. Like, it's... It's wonderful. Yeah. It's just you have it's I guess what I'm trying to say is you have this picture of who a person is because of the work that they've right, done. Right, and right. that most and and that work that he's done where he's been a a spectacle is his acting. And right. so you go, "Oh, that's that's the the Jordan Peele I know is right, the actor, right. but him as a as a director is, you know, you don't get to see him being that that guy anymore right. so it's just his work yeah i love his work yeah but i but in my mind there's almost two different people of him yeah so it's it's great i mean definitely looking forward to his next thing like oh yeah he's probably the most um exciting writer director like that's got a, a huge career in front of him yeah i mean um, him and Eggers and Astor, like they're leading the pack for yeah. for new interesting horror. Like that, those are some names that I would love to be. You know, any I think any aspiring horror creator would be like yeah. fucking jazz to be have your name with each other. Right. You know, and just for the record, Jordan Peele, if you're listening, we love to interview. You. Oh my god, or dude. Ari Aster or um, Robert Eggers, like open invitation. Yeah, no, yeah. And if you're cousins with them, let them, let them know. Yeah, well, you know, the thing about that is we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Yeah. Yeah, but. Never know, Dave. You got to put it out there. Oh, okay. Well, well, you know, still. What is next? Is it uh, whores or is it? Um. Yeah, so I th- I think we're we're done talking about the movie. I guess um, it's great. Oh, Everyone it's- should see it. I think it's it's a great date movie too. Like this is it's R and it is scary, but it, I think this is highly accessible to anyone. This is a general audience's like this is. I think putting it in. I think Jaws is a is a f- fabulous. Right. I, it, well, it ironically, is, they're advertising Jaws's. Well, at least in my, I went to the IMAX version, and they're advertising okay. this like had to get that in there. This 40th anniversary or whatever showing of Jaws on IMAX. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. Anyways, um, yeah, very lot of like great influences. Like you can tell. Like, oh yeah, lots of homages to Carpenter, Spielberg, yeah, um, Kubrick, like. That's the thing, like, Jordan Peele loves movies. Yeah. Like, that's very apparent. Like, he gets it. Um, yeah, that Gulch. And, and you know, a, a, a key feature of a lot of those movies is, like, they have their iconic 
the thing that you think of when you think of yeah. Jaws. You know, you think of Dreyfus chumming the water and then looking yeah. up suddenly. You know, you you think of, you, and this has those moments in it that I will perpetuate like that. I will never forget that moment where they see the cloud and they do the fast forward on the footage of right. the cloud and it just sits there. I was like, <gasps> yeah, you know, you're like, oh, that's one of those moments. This yeah. is a iconic moment in cinema. Period. You know, also comparable is, is M night Shyamalan. Like I know that he is, he is very, it's like Jordan Peele cracked the code. He's like a much better M night Shyamalan. No, no, he's not. He, I don't, I will disagree with that every time this thing. I like, Shyamalan is and was and always has been fucking fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, we just watched The Happening, so it's not always. Oh, you can't have you can't have one bad movie in a vast array of great movies. Mm. Like it's it, 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 you're being pretty generous. It's not a vast array of great movies. There's how many people have four spectacular movies? How many people have five? Well, I'll tell you one, Shyamalan. <laughs> okay, well, agree to disagree. Dude, you got Sixth Sense, you got Unbreakable, you got The Village, you got Signs, you have The Visitor, or Visitor, uh, whichever it was. I, I mean, I mean, it's not like Old was fabulous or anything, but it was a really fun movie. Yeah. You have one bad one, and then Bryce is like, oh, it erases it all. I'm just a general audience. Uh, uh. That's my I, impression of you. He had some He had some great movies, and then proceeded to have not-so-great movies. Which ones are not-so-great? Old, The Happening. Old, you gave seven. You gave that a seven. Are you contradicting yourself now? I don't think I gave that a seven. Well, you well, gave that a seven. No, no, we we all did. We'll, we'll go back to the we'll go back to the uh, to the tapes. Um, I thought I gave that like a four. Anyways, we'll we'll have to go back. We'll never know. But um, yeah, definitely stealing some Shyamalan moves from Science on this one, especially like the yeah, like the the playback video playback stuff. Um, anyways, yeah, go see it. Um, tell them, tell them the horror movie talks sent you. Cause they're going to care. Um, yeah, let's move on to horror or horror bull. Okay. Oh God. This is, cause we're going to, this is also the bit known as, uh, ruin David's mood. Ew. Ew. David's Ew, too David. happy is, Ew, is no, what David. this comes down to. Oh, and I have to Ew, ruin his mood. So. In this one, I'm going to give you mm. a special feature, David. In this one, okay, I'm going to preface it. Oh, no. I'm going to preface it and say, oh, no. In all of these clips, okay. no one dies. Okay. So this is a game where Bryce pray, plays horrible clips for me, and I have to decide whether they're, they're horror- or just horrible. Yeah. Uh, are they are they ho- are they horror movie material or are they just horrible, deplorable things? Um, if you want to see these clips, you can find them on the post for this episode at horrormovietalk.com yeah. in the episode section yeah, yeah. under. Nope. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you. I'm, I'm going to read the title of each of these posts 
all all these I'm pretty sure are come coming from the Reddit uh crazy fucking videos subreddit. Yeah. Um Whoa. I'm going to read off the title and you get one nope out of all these videos. <laughs> to just opt You out can of say it. it's nope and you can opt out of it. Okay. Okay. First okay. one. The first one I'm going to describe. Okay, you d- dis- what's the uh first one is is called practical fetish. Okay, I'm looking at a woman, I think, but it's hard to tell because she's completely wrapped in cellophane and in a dry suit uh, with only her eyes open in a tube. She's in a tube that's roughly the size of her body, and it looks like poop or some sort of vile liquid is being poured into the tube with her. Uh Right, right, right. So you want to... Do you want to nope out of it? Let's go for it. Is it good? Okay. Practical fetish. Here we go. Okay. They're filling up the tube with what seems to be poop. Is it poop? No, it's not poop. Is it vomit? What is it? I'm not sure what it is, but I think it's like kind of a... Now they they put a cap on it, so just her head is sticking out. Oh, they're cementing her in? Mm-hmm. What if she can't breathe? I think it might be silicon or something, or silicon or something. So... Oh my fucking god! So she cemented into this roller. Oh my thing fucking god! With just her head, with like a latex mask. It must be so hard to breathe. Covering everything but her nose, and then her her like tootsie sticking. Oh out. Oh my face. god! <laughs> They're putting her as a roller on the back of a tractor. <laughs> and you just see her head rotating, and on the other end is her high heel shoes. This is this is just good clean fun, is what this is. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> Should go real fast. Wow, she's spinning very quickly. Okay, that was the weirdest thing I think I've maybe ever seen. Um, it didn't make me feel good, but I didn't feel bad, terribly yeah. bad. I mean, I hope she had a good time. Yeah, she's just I'm sure I'm sloshing sure. around in there with just excitement. That's one of those fetish videos where you're like, who is benefiting from this? Her. Like, is she getting hot from this or is this all him? If she's not getting hot, then she loves him a lot. Right. Okay, next video title is That's a Sharp Knife. Okay, and oh, nope. No, no. I noped out of this one yesterday. I'm not going to watch it today. No, <laughs> nope. Not watching this one. Okay. Uh-uh. I think that's a pretty good choice. I'm not going to gonna watch honest. that one. To be honest. Okay. I think somebody comes up and cuts him in the leg or something. I don't <laughs> want to watch it. I don't want to watch it yeah, yeah. at all. Uh, You're right. He straight up gets his... I said no. All right. That's your one. Okay. Next one is called Man Gets Run Over by Train. Okay. This one I can do. <laughs> uh, this is in India for sure. Yeah. Um, Ask me how I know. No oh, sounds. and he's just running, driving into the train, and... He just kind of crashes his bike. And now he's trying to... And he's trying to, to get up, and then yeah. legs mangled, and he's uh, toppling over. Oh, God, he's dead. He's... I hope he's... Oh, God. Okay. He's fine. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. He survived. He's so fucking... Oh, my God. He should be dead. I don't want to see it anymore. I want it to stop. I'm not looking. Sorry. You used your nope. Oh, his legs are off. Yeah. Now his legs are bent and paralyzed. This is 
maybe the first time I don't, I feel like we've gone too far. <laughs> I'm pretty far gone right now. I've seen worse. I'm pretty far. I'm not. Hang on. I'm I'm not really here right now. <laughs> this is this is a good palate cleanser. I think. This one's called a truly hungry seagull. This will cheer you up. Uh, look, man. Hey, I'm not doing too good here. I'm like, I'm flagging. Okay. We'll so you t- take a couple deep breaths. I I can't do more of those. Um, I don't think there's any more of those. I can't do anything to that degree. I don't like that. Okay. I'm not going to be here. Okay. I think I think we're done with mangled limbs. Here's a truly hungry seagull. Oh, the fuck. <laughs> no fucking way. Seagulls can eat a lot. What the fuck? A seagull is like full on eating Holy fuck. a rabbit or a squirrel. Like an entire <laughs> what rabbit. What the fuck is going on? Look at that fucking what? Jesus fuck. <laughs> Go on, son. Do the whole thing. Go on. Get in there. Get in. It straight up looks like Big Chungus oh, now. <laughs> he does look like Big Chungus. Fuck? What <laughs> the fuck? Jesus fuck what? Dude, that seagull just ate its thing. entire weight in one. rabbit. In, in like there. 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's Go all on, just son. in its gullet still right now. You fucking fat fuck. <laughs> Get in there. Go on. Oh my fucking what? Jesus fuck! Look at a smile on that face. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus fuck! <laughs> That's great commentary. That seagull ate a whole lot. Um. Oh damn, dude. This one is good. Oof. Someone deploys an excavator for rock splitting right as, right at the rough edge of a two hundred foot cliff. So I'm looking at an excavator uh, that's really, really, really actually sitting on a 200-foot cliff. Yeah, um, right on the edge of it. And there's a guy standing next to it. Um, here, is that what that is? Yeah. Wow, this is a very steep terrain. Probably India as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it, and then I'm going to give you some good news. It's going to go tap, 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 tap. It's going some Chinese writing just to... Give you a sense of work safety. Kind of going it's over, over a creeping its way along the cliff. <gasps> oh, very it's precarious, continued. and it's gone. Wow! Wow! There, that man lived. The good news is I think it was remote controlled. I don't oh. think there was actually anyone in there. The guy that's standing next to her behind it is is uh from the comments they believe that it was a remote controlled thing. That thing really you could tell how far that was because it took a long it like that first bonk and then Yeah. Bonk. <laughs> yeah. It was a far <laughs> fall. I mean, the cliff was like above a skyscraper. It fell like, uh, it fell 
like flat on the ground. As it fell, it like spread out like a person. <laughs> it was like, Ugh, you know? Just a excavator-shaped hole in the ground after yeah. it falls. This one's called... Okay, there's a couple of these where it's like... <sighs> No, I'm gonna I'm gonna save this for second to last. Oh We've no! We've got a couple. Um, this one's guy wraps rocked with copper. Guy wraps rocks with copper wire and throws them at power lines. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I, I've seen this one. Yeah, there he is throwing it at a car. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I've seen this. Dude, that is. This is this is like. This is just jackass <laughs> yeah. that never made it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, jackass audition that didn't make it because died. You know? Right. He, he didn't die, but, man, he should have. Oh, this, um, look, this, look, one, this looks kind of fun. This looks, one's fun. Is he doing that, girl? This one is called, That Must Have Burnt Like an MF. Oh, Okay, wait. I got to describe it here. I got to describe it. So, okay. So, here's what is in frame here. Um, <laughs> there's a white hot... <laughs> Oven burner, like stove top. Stove um, with electrical element. Yeah, with like pool cue sharpeners on the <laughs> on it, or dice, or maybe sugar cubes. Unclear what's actually on. And top then there's of it. a fella in the background, uh, like dry hump dancing his girl. Yeah, um, from behind, real yeah. close to this yeah. burner, yeah. and they're kind of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, let's see where this goes. Goes look. They knocked a pot of soup onto them, <laughs> and it definitely gave her massive burns on her butt and back. Right, right, right. Why? That's Why? not where I thought it was going to go, to no, be honest. No, yeah. a lot of uh, deception. Yeah. Are you, uh, oh, man, are we almost done with this? We've got a couple more. God, how many of these do you need? Um, lots. Oh, yeah, I've seen this one. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. You saw that one? Yeah. Do you see this one? Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> that was a good one. No, go ahead. <laughs> she uh, broke an ankle. Yeah, I saw this one. This one is rough. I woof. Oh, oh, this is a good one. Okay, we, we, so there's a dog in frame. This one is called in a door. Guy sitting on the couch gets a canine to the face. Okay, this is a unleashing a police dog. Right there. He's right there. It's a German Shepherd. So cops are outside of a apartment. They go in. There's a canine unit. Um, there's a police cam, like body cam. It's telling the canine to go right. On the here. Here. Dog is not really finding the guy. Show me your hands. Stand up. Okay, freeze frame. What do you see here, David? This is a man in a mobile home, uh, you know, splayed out on a couch. Um, Sitting on a couch. He's got his hands behind his head. Yes. Okay. You should probably be putting your fingers where people can see him. Just FYI, if you don't want to get bit. So I guess, but they're, he's got his hands like interlaced behind his head. That's a pretty safe position. Okay. If I'm being honest. All right. He's very. He's not in a threatening manner. Bryce like, is well trained in this. So he's a. He's leaning back. Like okay. he's not like ready to pounce or anything. Okay. Slowly. Stand up slowly. Stand up slowly. Stand up slowly. I'm gonna send the dog. 
I can't see your hands. He's got one hand raised. The other is behind his head. Right. It could be a gun. Okay, now now both, I see both hands. Both yeah. hands are raised, fingers extended, and apparently there's a there's a handcuff attached to one. So there's there's a backstory to this. Okay. He's being built slowly, up a lot. Come out to us. Whoa! Oh! That dog just bit him in the face. Oh. Out! Where? Out! Oh! Oh! How are you watching this? Out! Out! Oh my god! I'm not watching anymore. We can just turn it off now. Jesus Christ, Bryce! He's fine. He's fine. No, he's not. Oh, my God. Dude. His face is not fine. He survived. He needs, like, 35 stitches for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it just bit him right in the face. Can we... Is this almost done? We're we're almost to the finish line here. Um, This is the last, like, probably disturbing one. Ugh. This one happened in Portland. This is, this is uh, notable, David. Right in our backyard. So this is angry man smashes restaurant window and cuts his arm. This is Portland? Uh-huh. Yeah, well... Oh dear, he is very badly cut. Wow. You feel so smart now, do you? Wow, that's he, a lot of blood. He punches through the window and he must have nicked an artery because it oh, there's just a, a spray across Bryce, the other window. I call him this. I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. Okay. I can't do it. We're we're done. I can't do it. We got two last videos. Though. No, I'm these done. are these are this is a separate thing. This is a separate thing. This is uh, bat versus spear. No, I don't. No, I, I can't. Okay, I can't fine. do it. You just found a spear. Fine. All right. And they're not zombies, so it doesn't matter. Okay, fine. We don't have to show that. I can't do it. I cannot do it. You can include it in the post, and people can go rot their soul. Ugh. Oh, oh my god. Too much. You gotta learn to dial it back, buddy. That was dialed back. There was no death in there. Ugh. I withheld the one that was like the most impressive to me that I found, which was definitely a guy dying. Yeah. Um I don't wanna know. I don't wanna here, you I'll take off the headphones. Never mind. I, Go ahead. I just I'm just too much. It's it's basically guys in a mall chasing down one guy with a knife. Ugh, and okay. uh, if there's anything you want to learn about protecting yourself against knives or what to do in a knife fight, um, every expert you're going to hear is going to say, run. Run away. And this is an excellent example of that because there's like five guys like closing in on this one guy with a knife. The guy with a knife swings at like one of the biggest ones. Yeah, yeah. Nick's an artery. The guy is like crumpled yeah. in seconds. Yeah. And he definitely died. So Anyways, let's move on to a slightly lighter bit. Um, I think I might be entering in my, my stage of villainy now. Like this is, I think this bit is really cementing me as a serial killer. You probably. think. He thinks. Ugh. I'm getting there. Um, okay, well, let's move on to more horror movie whores. If you gave my computer levels, I could play it a little bit more. Does levels. it not have levels? Not really. 
All right, so this is a bit where we just play your voicemails and answer your questions uh, and listen to your comments. This one's from CJ. Hey, boys, it's CJ, Beast from the Northeast. Hey, just out of my uh, own curiosity here, because uh, I'm into zombie movies and uh, doomsday-type movies, in one of those instances, whether it be zombies, a nuclear apocalypse, or any other kind of catastrophe, whose family is packed out the door and ready to go first? Uh, Bryce, your family, or David, your family? I feel like that's a pretty uh, important uh, thing for survival during a doomsday scenario oh is gosh. getting packed and getting on the road before anyone else. And uh, I just thought about that over here in my own neighborhood. And uh, I feel like half of these motherfuckers that I live next to would uh, stay home next to the TVs and uh, be eaten by zombies or... Uh, you know, be vaporized by uh, an atom bomb just because they're content and lazy. And I'm always ready for whatever fucked up scenario the world is uh, going to throw at us next. So just thought I'd throw that out there because I am curious. All right, guys. David, do you want to field Bye. this one? No, I think you should. Yeah, I. the answer is David. <laughs> Definitely. Inter- good question, CJ. This is... Actually, a really good. Uh, you've you've pretty much uh, struck the nail on the head with what makes me different from David. Yeah, this is literally um, it. It's literally it. Yeah, David is the most prepared for a zombie apocalypse or just the breakdown in society. Much more likely that than anyone. I mean, you can get like to higher level, but you'd be like featured on a TLC show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Like, well, no. I mean, look, as preppers go, I'm not. Do you have a, a um, what's it called? Oh, I'm not going to go into what I have because I don't want people to you've know. Basically, you've basically got a setup where you can just hop in your truck and run away. I have a, and you can live. I have a nope scenario uh, all prepped. Right. Yeah, I can, I can do whatever I want. Uh, and in a in a in a half hour we'll be on the road. Uh, what's it? What's it? And called? Not just on the road, on the road and set. Right, right. What's the bag called? The it's not like a scramble bag. Yeah, it's one of. I mean, bug out bag. Do you have a bug out bag at the ready? I'm not gonna go into it. <laughs> Answers yes. Um, uh, like no, well, look. I mean, it's. It's just, it's just like, it's like, you just be prepared for stuff, uh-huh. you know? No, David has, has a more than healthy paranoia about like being prepared for contingencies. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm prepared in a sense, like I've got the supplies. It's an interesting I've culture, got, the Mormon culture. You I've know? got. They're uh, ready in a weird way. Yeah. Um, in a practical way. In a practical way. I mean, my mom has, like, food storage for two years, so, like, we'd be set if I just went over there. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, Mobilizing. first aid, getting stuff, I'm not going to be able to, like, get out in half an hour, but, like, we'd, we'd pack for, we could pack for camping or getting out of town 
in short order. Um, but yeah, I would definitely be one of those people sitting in front of the TV and be like, well, say la vie. Here's the problem with being packed and ready to go is, is it's not packed and ready to go is it's, it's packed and ready to go to Idaho falls for a vacation. Sure. You know, it's not packed and ready to go in the event of a <clears throat> apocalyptic problem, uh, which is you don't have water, you don't have food. How long will that food last you? How long will how how big of a gas tank do you have? Uh-huh. And how 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 reliable? Can, how 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 far can you make it? Realistically, on that tank. Uh-huh. Um, like I wish I had a diesel truck, because then I could have a massive three hundred gallon mm-hmm. gas tank. Yeah, that could get me into Canada. No yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. Which well, is upsetting. You have ident- you've identified the issues that you need to solve now. Yeah, I know. Do you have like? But a- there's a practicality to it too. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I I do feel like that's a bridge too far. In you know I the, like everybody has a line where they they where they have a comfort zone right yeah and it's like this is mine yeah, you know yeah. like I think that I think that's a bridge too far yeah sometimes. Um, yeah, so that's the answer to that question. Good, good question, CJ. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Always coming in with the good questions from CJ. Hey guys, it's Josh from Canada. Uh, we're talking about vampire movies and Bryce, you said you're reading Dracula right now. Um, and how you like the, the sexiness and the seductiveness and ooh, they suck and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, if you haven't, you ought to read, uh, Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice, rest in peace. Um, good book as a standalone, also a great series. If you get into the rest of it, goes a little off the rails uh, later. There's like fucking body invading shit and all sorts of weird stuff that happens. But anyway, that's a good one. If you, uh, if you dig vampires and uh, Salem's lot by Stephen King, man, you got to check it out. Don't necessarily watch the miniseries. You know, it's got its moments, but uh, eh, it's past its prime at this point. Anyway, hope you guys are uh, keeping well. Ciao. Yep, still reading Dracula. It's getting delivered to my inbox. Um, not quite daily, but um, as oh, the yeah. story progresses, forgot. it's pretty interesting. Forgot how that was going. Um, Have you seen Salem's Lot? Nope. Have Heard a lot about it though. Red interview with vampire. Nope, but that is probably my favorite vampire movie. I haven't. I, uh, I'm an interview with a vampire film stan. Like it's a. Uh, I think it's great. What did you say? Film stan. Stan. That's what the kids are saying nowadays. What's that? It's like you're. Uh, you're a big fan. You defend it. Why not say that? I, what? It's because what the kids are saying. Get they with the say, lingo. They say a person's name. Stan. It's not a person's name in that context. What is it? It's what the kids are saying, David. Which is? Stan. I'm a thing Stan. What? Or I Stan interview with a vampire. Stan? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? David. Is it a word that has a definition? It'd take too long to explain it to you. You just don't. You're not in. You're not hip. It sounds like you aren't either because you can't even put it. You can't. Here. Oh, here we go. Uh, Merriam-Webster. 
The meaning of Stan is an extremely extremely or excessively enthusiastic and devoted fan. Mm -hmm. Don't, mm -hmm, you didn't know Mm -hmm. until two seconds ago. I just described that. No, you didn't. That's what I said. But for some reason, Merriam-Webster has it all capitalized, S-T-A-N. I wonder how recent this entry is. Um. Anyways, next caller. Yeah. Well, back by popular demand, it's Mike in California. Okay. Apparently, I was missed. The Buffy episode was good, fellas. Uh. Yeah, I, I didn't lose digits from Fourth of July. To me, fireworks—that's a virgin uh, hobby. <laughs> Fourth of July, I was busy having drinks, barbecuing, and banging my wife in our hot tub. But hey, if uh, you get a little boner off, little sparks in the air, that's that's on you. I never understood the firework thing. Uh, but yeah, I, sorry, David, I'm fine with all my digits, uh, including my crank. Uh, in CJ, I believe the caller was. Goddamn right, Mike's the best caller. Uh, tells it like it is. So uh, if you wore a mask, you're a fool. If you injected poison in your body, you're even more of a fool. Sorry, guys, probably got you flagged. Peace. Mike, yeah, Matt, David, yeah. Well, hey, thanks for calling in, Mike. We really appreciate you and you know your uh-huh. uh, unique de- sensibilities, de- devotion to the show. Um, yeah, uh, so he doesn't like fireworks. Mm. Interesting take. Yeah, it's not about the sparks, Mike. It's it's about the explosions, about the freedom. If you're not on board with explosions, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't like freedom, then fuck you, buddy. Yeah. Hey. It's basically what is great about sex, too, is the explosion at the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was what, what was great about Nope? Was the explosion at the end. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is what's great about Jaws? The explosion at the end. Hey, you missed one. I did? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is Oh, Sam. Sam. Were you playing it? Oh, I can play it. I'll yeah, play it. I'll go play ahead. It. Hey, this is Sam from Indianapolis. I just wanted to point out, is it possible that Bryce's, uh, or Bruce, I'm sorry, Bruce's uh, favorite monster is vampires because they're literally the personification of life privilege? <laughs> uh, I think so. Speaking of which, for the next James Bond, it's 2022, man. You need to be a little bit more inclusive as to who plays James Bond, and that's why I think it's a no-brainer the next James Bond should definitely be Mindy Kaling. Um, she can definitely <laughs> Mindy uh, bring Kaling? that. Uh, uh, you know that that essence to the role that James Bond so so strongly needs, and none of that uh, toxic masculinity that is so rife with, and that uh, you know, uh, Brant Hampton is so uh, so into. Um, lost my train of thought, and I need to get indoors because <laughs> the air is scary out here. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> wow, coming from all ends of the spectrum here. Wow, Sam's giving a shout out to Mike. Yeah. He's afraid of the air at the end there. Mindy Kaling from The Office should be the next James Bond. Yeah. Did she help write The Office? Was she? I think she was one of the writers, yeah. Yeah. She's very smart. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed to her being what would it would she still be called James Bond? Um well she'd have a sex change, I'm sure. No, well you don't have to have a sex change to be called James. Just be called James. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, James is probably a female name now. Right. Like, there's no male name that's just a male name now. About Bruce? <laughs> Fucking Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> God damn it, Ron Howard. You asshole. 
Wow. You know, Sam from Indy really has a lot. He's He's got all the takes on the show. Okay. Fit them all in there somehow. Mm-hmm. He even called you Bruce. Here's uh, Robert the Farter. Yay! Hey, this is Robert the Farter. <laughs> Just calling in. Uh, I listened, uh, well, I re-listened to your review of Jaws. That's one of my favorite episodes of you guys. Um, but just remind me, I keep, I keep having these such heated arguments with this kid, with this friend of mine who's like, who's, he hates Steven Spielberg for some reason. We uh-huh. have all have these arguments about it and stuff. Well, but he also hates The Office, so. Can you blame him really? Because if you hate the office, you must have you you must just have bad taste, you know. The office is awesome. Anyways, you guys should review Eraserhead. That would be such a funny review. I think that would be <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Anyways, this is Robert DeFarter. I'm out. Yay! Oh man. I'm yeah, not- I can already tell your friend is insufferable. Anyone that's like, oh, Steven Spielberg, yeah, I guess you're just a a basic bitch if you like Steven Spielberg. It's like, okay. You're okay, and you're an edgelord. Yeah. Because you're so edgy, you don't like good movies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh. your stance, to make, to make a stand, you take the wrong, <laughs> you take the ro- side of the bad guy. It's like, oh, his movies are just so basic. It's like... Yeah, because they established blockbuster movies for the rest of time, you know? Yeah, I mean, your friend... <laughs> Fuck your friend, look, is what you I'm can, saying. Look, you can... The, the good I news... I can almost understand not liking The Office. There's some people that can't stand The Office because it's awkward. Right. And I can, like... Yeah, I get I it. I appreciate that. If that's not your, your, your lane of comedy, I get it. Totally. Steven Spielberg is the most successful general audience's movie maker mm. that's probably ever lived well nah george lucas is technically if you want to get into technicalities most successful yeah i yeah i don't know about that David. well uh, you don't have to know about it <laughs> you can just look at the numbers and go oh george lucas is worth two or three times as much as steven spielberg and that's well, all you half need to of know. that is like ILM and like all the stuff they did in excess of the movies. It, in terms of performance of movies, I very much doubt that the movies that George Lucas directed outperformed Steven Spielberg's lifetime catalog. I, I mean, yeah, you may have a point there. I, I'm not exactly sure, um, but I will. You're say very that, confident about it, but you're wrong. No, well, look, I mean. It's starting Star Wars, even if it is just the first film, is uh, it's pretty is pretty fucking astonishing. Sure. Um, okay, uh, okay, fine. Like, I, look, I don't look. The, I mean, if we're the talking fact about that we're having an argument we're about talking, this, is we're enough. talking about directors and filmmakers. Like, that's that's look, a different I, thing. Look, I, I think I think Robert has a, is really lucky to have this friend because it's really easy to win an argument against someone who chooses. An objectively wrong opinion. Right. <laughs> like, you just go, well, I mean, but he made all the best movies. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> like, I always go back. There's Schindler's this- List, Jaws, fucking Green Mile, like, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Back to the Future, uh, Indiana he did, he did, Jones. Did he do the Green Mile? 
I don't think he directed Green Mile, did he? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, the what was I gonna say? I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, uh, I was so preoccupied in telling you that you're wrong. Um, yeah, I mean Steven Spielberg is like take your you can find if there's not a, a single movie on on I was thinking Stephen King his his list then you're not you're not looking hard enough it was Frank Darabont that did Green yeah that the same guy that did uh, Shawshank Redemption yeah, yeah. um anyways yeah your friend's wrong whatever yeah and I hope that um, oh that's what I was gonna say that I've I mentioned it before there's a a24 podcast episode with Ari Aster and, and Robert Eggers where they where they talk about like yeah I always like made it a point to not like Steven Spielberg because you know whatever and then they like talk about like but eventually you get to a point where you're like oh he knew exactly what he was doing and he's like he's a very very good director yeah like close encounters yeah Fucking E.T. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. All right. Um, Minority Report. <laughs> Here's our last caller, Jessica from Nashville. Hey, guys. It's Jessica from Nashville. And um, I'm going through some old ones from the vault. Um, and I just listened to seven... Um, a little side note, um, I've pretty much listened to everything that you guys have. Um, so I even re-listened to Ernest Scared Stupid. I mean, <laughs> that's, I, that's pretty desperate, but um, <laughs> love you guys enough to listen to that one more time. Oh, um, but I was reviewing or listening to the review of Seven, and um, love the back and forth about whether or not it's a horror um, or a thriller or whatever. Um, I don't even know where I stand on that, but I love to hear the discussion. And um, I wanted to know, like, so, David, I think you said, like, at the end, when talking about the ending and everything, you said it's just so dark, hopeless, and great. I think, Bryce, you said it was really bittersweet there was a bittersweet ending to it but that it was dark and nihilistic and that type of movie is is absolutely my jam of course i've seen seven a million times and i love it it's one of my favorites but i would like to hear you guys' recommendations on some other movies that are like seven i feel like i've seen a lot of these movies and i've sought them out and so i mean i don't even care if it's like I've seen it a million times or whatever. I would love to hear your thoughts on that um, because um, hearing any other recommendations might remind me of a movie I hadn't seen in a long time or whatever. But, um, yeah, would love your thoughts on that and um, any movie recommendations um, that I should dig into that are similar to Seven. So thanks, guys. Um, have a good one. Bye. Well, first of all, thank you so much for listening to all of our stuff so much, Jessica. That's that means a huge amount. And if if um, if you're looking for like dark and nihilistic, like my go-to guy is Darren Ar- Aronofsky. Uh-huh. I mean, you, Requiem for a Dream is <laughs> Mother, and uh, you know the wrestler. Like, oh man, Black Swan, crushing, like crushing. Pie, 
Like all of those are just, just fabulous. I mean, the invitation does it like this, these dark, like hopeless, the void, uh, was real dark and hopeless. And, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of goes on and on. I mean, um, I'm trying to find the one that I'm thinking of right now on IMDb. Um, Oh, there oh, was th- funny, funny games. It's definitely super nihilistic. The The Strangers is another one. Both oh, of those yeah. are home invasion yeah, movies. Yeah, because you were there. Um, I would also say, Last yeah, Darren Aron- Aronofsky, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Um, Anything is by rough. Aronofsky. Yeah, Mother is really tough, too. Um, what else? Oh, dude, there's this Meg Ryan movie. <laughs> this is so weird. But every time I think about it, it just makes me upset. Um, it's called In the Cut, I think. Um, that's another one that upsets me to no end. Um, and I won't go back and watch it. Uh, when, when was that made? Probably around 2006. Uh, let's see here. No way. 2003? There is no way. Um, let's see. No Country for Old Men. Um. Yeah, it, it's about Mark Ruffalo oh. and Meg Ryan in the cut, two thousand three. There's no way. Th- there will be blood. One that's um. Oh, Charlie Kaufman has some good, good, dark, dark movies. Um, I'm thinking of ending things is probably the most depression-inducing movie that I've seen in the last decade. We need to talk about Kevin. Oof. <laughs> Oof. God damn. Ooh. Yeah. Um. Oh, dude. Pig. Pig. Oh, dude. Get ready to be crushed. Dude, Pig crushed me. Uh, with Nick Cage. Oh, my God. I think straight nihilism, funny games is pretty pretty on the nose for that yeah i guess i guess pig isn't really nihilistic it's more much more hopeful but it's so sad um yeah god it's so sad um um, yeah those that should be enough to jog your memory at least Hmm. have you seen funny games i think that's one that i might do for um i don't know maybe we'll cover the english version for the podcast and then the foreign language version for a pay, uh, pretentious review. Also, Last House on the Left, the original mm-hmm. by Craven, and then um, uh, The Vanishing, from Vanishing. by nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, is a um, it wasn't exactly French. It was like French and Belgian, Belgian yeah. and and Dutch. <sighs> yeah, a lot of our pretentious reviews are pretty nihilistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just what is it, the one we just did? Oh, yeah. goodbye, Mo- good night, mommy. Oh, Oof. that one's pretty nasty too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you'd pick the right genre for that yeah. <laughs> type of movie, definitely. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much Was to that all everyone that called. Yep, that's everyone. Oh man. Okay. Well, you guys call in next time. More people. Well, we're moving on to two hours, so you know, I think we got pretty good. We got good content. Now he's showing me his nipples. Seven inch. Okay. Love you all. Thanks to all our listeners, to everyone that called in. Thanks especially to our patrons on Patreon. If you want access, if you're like Jessica and you 
listen to absolutely everything we've done. If you want to unlock a lot more bonus content, go to Patreon, uh, which Jessica is one of our patrons, so we want to thank her especially. Um, We'll see you next week. Go see Nope. Bye. We love you. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. theatrical releases always get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible Uh, uh, uh. wow that didn't sound good (laughs) I'm a cat I'm a sexy cat (laughs) (laughs) oh